Welcome back to another episode of ICF San Diego's Coffee and Conversations. I have the pleasure of having Nihad Todoros joining the podcast today, and I'm really excited about you being here. So how are you doing? Fine. Thank you, Dalada. I'm happy to be here as well. Good, good, good. So I'm going to read your bio, and and then I'm just going to jump right in because there's so much substance in there that I'd love to get more of a global perspective on coaching from you. So Niet is a master certified coach who is passionate about facilitating positive change. She's also certified in EQ and ICF advanced team coaching. Nihad was the chapter president of ICF UAE chapter from 2017 to 2018, and she was the first coach to win the Nominating Coach Prism Middle East Award in 2017. So thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That's a good reminder for things that happened. Yes, exactly. Right. And once you get started, it's to that point where you start doing things and you have no idea all the stuff that you're literally doing. So I'm excited first, if for the listeners here, if you have a coaching business, what is the name of your coaching business or the company so that everyone's aware of what the name of that of your company Actually, I don't run a business anymore. I used to have three years ago my own work as a freelance coach. And I do. I had my own clients globally. I was talking not only in the U.S. And I had some work through a third party. Uh, currently, I'm a full-time employed coach. Okay. Okay. So very good. So I, I always start out with the question is, is how did you get started in coaching? Uh, it was a, a, a beautiful journey that starts, but you don't want to stop after you start it. Okay. The of it. Actually, it started when I was doing an assessment for emotional intelligence. And that assessment, it was telling me about my noble goal and my direction in life. And that's where I realized that what I love to do is working with people, helping people. And because my job was more around uh, HR and working with new leaders with teams. So I, I always found my passion towards uh, le- learning and development, towards leadership development, much more than HR. And I always felt HR work could be at any point of time digitalized, whereas the work of you work with people in leading uh, in leadership development, these things it will always remain. And that was my love. That was my passion. That's where I realized that I want to get into coaching because that's the my career path. That's where I wanted to go. Very nice. And I, I appreciate the fact that you called it a journey, right? Not a destination. Can you say a little bit more about that journey and, and, and how it's been for you? Um, I, I'd say like it has been a fun journey and exploration. A lot of it was self-awareness that being a coach, you learn a lot about yourself when you're coaching your clients. And along the way in this journey, you notice that um, what you've learned at one point, you need to unlearn it and learn something new. Like when you're at a certain level of coaching, you want to accumulate hours. So you're doing coaching and you're very much into the framework, into the structure, into the competencies. 
to get your credentials, of course, credentials. But later on, you find that to be there for your client, you need to let go of all the framework, all that structure, and just be fully present in the moment to bring the value for them. So that's my how my journey evolved from just thinking I need to coach and maybe sometimes uh, not be a good listener. I learned about improving my listening skills gradually. Nice. Um, how can I be fully present uh, with the client? Um, what do I need to change? Because that's a journey because you're never perfect as a coach. You'll always need to learn more. You always need to stop and reflect on what else am I missing when I'm doing this session with a client. Sometimes you leave a session feeling like, wow, I was at my best. Sometimes you feel thinking like, ah, there might have been something that I've missed. Mm. I don't feel very good about it. Mm. I need to, to be more prepared maybe for the next session, reflect on the spot so I could do something differently to, to the client in the next session. Wonderfully said. And the the most the thing i'm taking out of that is your the fact of about the unlearning in order to be present and available for your clients and i think that's one of for me i think that's the biggest learning that i've gotten out of being a coach right not doing coaching right out of being a coach is you need to let some things go. You know what I mean? It's 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 that amazing thing when it happens. You're like, wow, why am I carrying this? Why am I doing this? Right? So it's wonderful. Um, I want to go here to to ask a question, and it's like it's we don't have a script here, but I want to focus more. You you mentioned about this EQ training. Can you say a little bit more, if you're willing to say a little bit more about how did the training literally open you up, right? Bring that awareness. Yeah, I, I think like in coaching, sometimes if you want to do um, create uh, awareness for the client to, to specify the coaching goals and where they want to focus, it's some of the things that I've used over the years and I got certified in is tools for coaching, which are assessments. It could be emotional intelligence assessment. It could be a leadership behaviors. Different, even on a team level, we used to do a team, uh, like what we call team vital signs to show us mm. where the team is strong, where the team needs to work. So the emotional intelligence training was uh, to get certified in using emotional intelligence tool. So part of attending it was to run the, the tool on yourself and get a debrief in Yeah, the training had a part, a component that was uh, essential regarding an assessment for emotional intelligence. So it tells you in the different emotional intelligence behaviors where you are strong, where you need to work on. Mm. So one of the things was the direction, the noble goal. What is my noble goal? And it was literally the same thing that I meant, you just mentioned when you did the introduction. It's facilitating positive change for anybody, anywhere. I didn't want to say I'm, I'm only want to work with leaders, I can work with anybody anywhere they are. I don't, I'm not strict to a region, not strict to, strict to one place or one level. Like I only work with seniors or only work, you know, everybody needs help, whether they are executive level, they are at the mid level, wherever they are. So that was the insight for me was knowing what I like, what am I passionate about? And I was, because I was in talent development, I was like, if I'm helping others draw their career map, where is my career map? Let me yes. draw my own. And literally, my career map was what's going to get me to become that coach? What do I need to learn? What tools do I need to have? 
that would enable me to become a better coach, like, you know, certified assessor in different assessment tools, which brings value to the client through a scientific way, rather than just, the, you know, getting them to tell me what they want. Very nice. Um, and and if, wow, you're 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 really stimulating me right now. So this is a wonderful thing. So you mentioned you used the term noble goal. I've I've never heard that before. Can you say a little bit more about the noble goal? Yeah, it's the sense of altruism. And what do you want to do beyond yourself? Uh, where the benefit is for everybody around you. You know, the benefit for the whole. Yes. And the self will get something along the way, definitely. But the focus is not on the self, the focus on what can I bring to, to change something for someone in the community, in the mm. um, country, in the organization where you're working. Like when you work with leaders, you one of the things that I keep focusing on, like what would be the impact you bring into the, to the whole organization yes. and the, to the team, not only to the self. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And for everyone listening to this podcast, Make a note of that, the noble goal, right? It's not about the self. It's about impacting people outside of yourself. And then self will benefit because you're going beyond that. I also took from that statement that you said that you didn't actually carve out a niche. You 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 were okay with saying, I'm going to help everyone that I could physically help. That's a difference. Now, not everyone's willing to take on that. So thank you for the confirmation. So that's a beautiful place to be. Because as a coach, you, at one point, you can be a mentor. Okay. And that was like what my thinking was, uh, with my coaching knowledge, who else can benefit from my knowledge? So mentoring uh, coaches who wanted to become ACC, for example, was part of the things that, part of the offerings that I used to have. During the COVID, what was interesting, I did some, my first group mentoring was during COVID. Okay. It seems people at that time felt more interested to pursue that field and because they were at home. So it made a lot of sense for me to create that product based on the need. So I ended up having a group mentor coaching session based on that. Oh, very nice. And... And to, to even to piggyback on that, I believe ICF experienced exponential growth from 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 COVID on uh, even up until last year, like 35, 40 percent increase of coaches coming into to the should I say the profession? I call it a calling. You know what I mean? For me, it's a calling. It's not a profession for me. So beautiful. I so, love that. Yeah, it's a calling. It's a, your purposeful and meaningful. Yes, direction in life i think that's yes definitely. because if you're in it for a profession it's a draining oh it's draining when you constantly <laughs> having session listening to people issues it's not an easy thing you need some self-care all the time yes i and and thank you if you're in it for the profession it, it requires a lot of work doesn't it when you think about it i uh, that's another thing is 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 accepting that this is greater than just a job or a profession. That was that was part of my journey as I'm listening to you, just accepting this. This is who you are. I don't do coaching. I am a coach. Yeah. So wonderful. I would love to hear, and we use the term the power of coaching, right? And you you talked about it, but I'd love to hear how the power of coaching has allowed you to show up differently in relationships with family, children, or friends? 
that's really uh, um, the, the amazing part of coaching that it reflects exactly on how you deal with your children. I have two children and uh, I was doing mentoring from home. I was doing coaching from home even before the COVID. Yes. Uh, in my corporate job, I used to coach people in different countries. So it was virtual before even the COVID time. So my children were listening to me while doing so. My daughter started knowing when I'm mentoring and when I'm coaching. She ah. knows the difference. <laughs> That's the part. And along their journey, like I introduced them to the tools that I was getting certified in as part of them understanding themselves more. Yes. Uh, so that was part of how it reflected on them. And our conversations at home, it kind of shifted to become more around rather than, you know, as a parent directing, you're inviting by asking them a question mm. and seeing the possibilities and the options for them to be the one making the choice rather than you pushing. Yes. Um on the friends, what is really interesting, I think, in your journey as a coach, that the the great genuine friends that I really made and I'm very proud to have in my network are the ones I made based on coaching. Mm. They I either mentor I either mentored them and they became close friends, or yes. I either met them through ICF events or through they came for consulting around their coaching career or yes. something like this. So that's where we bonded, and that's why. My thing was, wherever I move, I want to keep connected with the coaching community because that's a great community to yes. be part of. Thank you. And and I think that's one of the, the benefits of even being attached to ICF is, for me now, it's this, it's this global impact. My world was smaller until I got to ICF. I mean, I'm meeting people from Africa, from Asia, from Singapore, and I'm just sitting here like, well, I would have never been able to do that before. And and the diversity of thought is incredible when you really sit down and you think about it. Do you feel the same way with that? No, I love what you said, diversity of thought, but the commonality of the language. It's like we created our own language that we coaches understand. Yes. Like sometimes you say... <laughs> This language, as coaches, we understand it. But when you're coaching a client, you need to be mindful what language you're using. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to shift gears here because I'm the acting president of the ICF San Diego. So share with me a little bit about your experience as being in the role of president. Yeah, Actually, it was a, a great journey of learning as well. Being on a board where there is different diversified perspectives. Yes. Um, and there is a mission and there is a goal that is common for all of us. We wanted to bring the coaching uh, as a profession to the uh, region or to the uh, to Dubai, to the United Arab Emirates, where coaching was still growing. It wasn't as big and as matured as in the U.S. market or yes. in, in the U.K., for example. So... Uh, we wanted to become, our first uh, hurdle was becoming legal as an entity where we can get the ICF uh, uh, funding to support our events. Oh, okay. Even an event in a hotel or in, a, in any place, we needed to be legal to be able to do these events. Okay. So we got the legalization uh, out of our way. And um, I think the, the fun was whenever we did events, the, the number of participants in the events was increasing radically. Yes. Because everybody started coming in, getting the benefit of the learning from more senior coaches, uh, getting to learn from coaches who started their own business and flourished as well. How did they start? Tips for success. 
So they had a lot of practical things to do along the way and to live with that could enable them to keep growing their career. So I, I feel the having this existence for the ICF chapter is crucial to keep that community learning and growing with each other. Nice. Would you recommend anyone that's kind of thinking about volunteering to, to, to make the step forward? <laughs> I, I always say, like, when you volunteer, you get to learn more. You network, you're building your network quicker because you're going to be removing all these borders and boundaries and working with others. And yes. they are like-minded people because they have this passion for coaching. So I encourage, like in every community, even um, I'm offering that as well for the San Diego, that I'm always uh, willing to volunteer. I was living in Arizona before moving to San Diego. Yes. And the first year I joined the chapter, I was part of their community. And we arranged a conference, actually, uh, a one-day conference for coaches. And we had an amazing attendance and participation. Again, where there were some companies that run training coaches, training for coaches, some companies were um, uh, selling tools for coaching. So we kind of brought all these committees together based on volunteers. There was one or two from the board. The rest, we were all volunteers, not even part of the board. Wow. So you and I have a kindred spirit because as a former Marine, I mean, serving in the military, for me to be involved means to to serve, right? You you, It's just to jump in. So when I got out of coaching school, I immediately went in and, and started to serve. And I happened to have the president-elect, her and I, Gabby Alvarez Pollock, she worked, she and I worked together for 15 plus years. So when I was able to reconnect with her, it was a beautiful thing for us to be able to do. So again, well, thank you. So my next question here is more focused on, again, back to the power of coaching. Can you just share how the power of coaching has changed lives and communities or organizations that you've been a part of? Uh, absolutely. Actually, one very good example was during the COVID, there was a volunteer uh, initiative uh, through Saudi Arabia, actually, chapter to get coaches to support uh, people in the medical sector because they were having so much stress in their work. Yes. And that's where, where we um, gathered the coaches. We were They were all willing to be part of that, and we worked on that. Another thing I worked on is part of the being part of the humanitarian coaching network. And the humanitarian coaching network, basically, they always invite coaches to um, to volunteer, to give three, four hours, whatever you can, to coach uh, people who work with the UN in different uh, countries yes. where there is a war, where there is different uh, hard, uh, hardships, I would say. That really was something uh, that was close to my heart. I, I was doing that. Now, in organizations, I would say on a corporate level, uh, the work we always do as coaches creates a better leadership mm. and it always starts and ends with leadership uh, in any organization. They would make things different. They would make, they create the culture that retains, that allows people to flourish and they could, like I could say, in, inspire or expire. <laughs> they could inspire others. They could really drain people. Oh, in great point. Inspire or expire. Very good. Um, and I love your your statement here about leaders create the culture, right? And that's that's a positive or even a negative side, right? So they don't even realize it. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. 
inspire or expire. I'm, I'm stuck there. I have not heard that one before because we know that they inspire, right? Great leaders inspire you to do more. But I just thought about on the flip side of that, if they're not great, people expire. So they leave, right? <laughs> so great point. So I want to ask a question because I know your, your, your time inside of ICF. I'd like for you to just put on your mentor hat and speak to the person that's just beginning their journey, right? They like you and they're in that assessment class and they get this pull from the coaching industry. Share some advice or, and I know we don't give advice, but share some of your wisdom about what that journey could be like. Absolutely. I think if somebody starts getting interested to become a coach, uh, to go for uh, the, the basic thing of, you know, becoming an SEC only at the beginning, experiment, be that coach and diversify your clients. Don't work with one uh, industry or with one business. Uh, you might get some paid jobs. You might get some volunteer jobs. Be open to take more volunteer because that will stretch your muscles, allow you mm. to practice more in a safe place where you're not worried about the client. Because sometimes when we start, because we're getting paid, we feel that we have to be perfect. And in reality, there's nothing that is perfect. Everything is work in progress. And it always depends on the openness of the client that you're coaching, on their uh, ability to change, uh, their uh, ability and their willingness to change, as well as the culture they are within, what they can control, what they cannot control. So I think not to put too much pressure on ourselves when you start your coaching career and be open to coach as much as you can, uh, wherever you can. Uh, Again, the diversified industries and levels of managers or people that you work with will give you much more depth and breadth along Mm. the way. That's solid knowledge right there. Because I think what the what people or gurus in marketing tell you to do is go narrow, right? Really to to fine tune it down. And I've always had a huge challenge with this, you know, going narrow because my heart wants to help as many people as I can, and I don't want to leave anybody out. So thank you for for that sharing. So we're getting ready to wrap this up. Is there any anything else? From a wisdom perspective, from a past president perspective, speak to the audience and impart some some life into them or knowledge. I would say always be involved in the ICF events as much as you can, mm. because the insights and the learning you get from everybody uh, you meet is really something uh, great to have and it will get you in a different level so diversify your network of coaches because that's where you're going to learn and where you're going to get to know about even business opportunities from other coaches Um, people like to work with people so the more you connect on a human level the more you will get the business that you're looking for and um, another advice is like don't stop learning as a coach so every event ICF is doing or webinar or the community of practice that they have on their website is an opportunity for learning. So keep, um, you know, growth mindset. I mm. say it's a must for anybody who wants to be a coach. It, you, you're not finished when you get the credentials. You're never finished, actually. And that's what I always advise. 
continue to learn, continue to grow, either through a book or through a webinar or through another coach that you meet, learning from their experience and connecting to, because everybody would help you spread your, your wings when you become a coach that is fully capable of managing your clients. Wow. Thank you. That's the only words I can say because that is solid. And I know we don't like to use the word advice, but that's solid advice for anyone in this business is to be connected, right? Being connected and stay in a growth mindset. It's about growing and connection. I want to thank you again for your time, just for joining me here today and look forward to seeing you at the next ICF in-person event. Absolutely. Thank you, Donald, and have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, you you as well. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.